What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Perfectly Blended Podcast, Season 4, Episode 25. Today, we're going to tell you all about how to change your spouse. That's coming up right now. Thank you so much for joining us on the Perfectly Blended Podcast. This podcast is for blended families, for couples that want to strengthen their marriage and want a brighter future. Perfectly Blended exists to break the stigma of divorce, drop the shame and guilt holding you back, and equip marriages to thrive instead of just survive. We believe all that is possible in this life is based on the power of Jesus Christ and his ability to restore us fully. Let's dive in. What is up, everybody? Welcome to today's show. I'm one of your hosts, uh, Josh, and I'm here with my always absolutely gorgeous wife, Christy. Hi. How you doing, love? I'm doing good. You doing good? Because I'm married to you. Oh, man. It's getting goopy in here, people. <laughs> Woo! It's goopy. Well, tell us about your week. Tell us how you're doing. Tell us about something awesome. Tell us about my week. Or something hmm. awesome about you, about what's going on, maybe about a new member of our family, maybe. Like, I don't know. What I really would like to talk about is our vacation again. And it's like, it's like, you know, the saying where they say you shouldn't live in the past. (laughs) We're living there. We're just, we're just lighter skinned than we were like two weeks ago. I know. It's so sad. I don't even like, look, even looking in the mirror, it angers me at this point because I'm like, it's just slowly fading away. Like all the remnants of this beautiful vacation that we had. And we were just talking about it today. We've been talking about it every day. We've been home for like three weeks now four weeks yeah and we've been talking about it i think longer than that but we just miss the sun and the sand and it's so nasty here and the snow is all just slushy and muddy and brown and it's just disgusting Mm. so maybe that's the reason why we're thinking about getting another dog maybe it's just because we're miserable and we're looking to fill our puerto rico gap with a dog i don't know that's one of the other new members i was discussing we actually have another member on its way too we're going to be grandparents, which we talked about. In May. We're not, a couple that's episodes not until ago. May, but until we're having, going to have a bouncing baby boy. Uh, yeah, baby boy grandchild. Yeah. Not a bouncing baby boy dog. No. Oh, no, we're getting a girl dog. Yeah, we're getting a female Possibly, doggo. maybe. Maybe. We're thinking about it. Yeah. That's tough, right? Because if you've been following our show for any time, you know that this last year, we had to make a couple of really hard decisions. We had to put Christy's dog down and my dog down. Uh, which was super sad for us. Like we've still kind of struggled with that at times. Uh, I have a really hard time looking at pictures. So does Christy. We get reminiscent sometimes and end up crying and being sad. But we uh, we have another dog, right? We have Nala. She's is a ten year old Chihuahua. She's like a cat. She's more like a cat. Yeah, and that's the truth, right? She's more like a cat. She's not so much like a dog. She likes to lay with us and stuff, but on her terms, like she's just she's like a cat. She's like a cat. Yeah, she really is like a cat. The so we're looking it. for more like a member of the family, not really like a cats really aren't like members of the family. They're like their You're own gonna family. You're going to take people off. No, but. it's true though. <laughs> they're like, they're, I'm not saying cats are bad. I'm just saying they're bad for us. But no, I'm saying that they, uh, you know, they're like their own thing. They're just like, we do what we do and you're going to like it. But to get a dog, I it's really like, are you ready for that? Because if we're 100% honest, Josh is the caretaker of the animal because he's home. So he has to let it out. Yep. He has to take it to the vet when he needs to go to the vet the majority of the time. I mean, yeah. I'm doing occasional. We're talking like 90, 10, you know, 
and that's so like, true <laughs> feed the dog yeah. and pay attention to the dog so it's like if yeah. i get a dog i come home from work and it's just like give me the dog give me the dog yeah, <laughs> yeah. or if i don't want the dog take the dog away you know, type of thing. And there's a lot of that going on too. Yeah. <laughs> I want the dog, give the dog back. I want the dog, give the dog back. <laughs> like, there's a lot of that going on. Your dog wants outside. <laughs> your dog's hungry. It's your dog like, peed in the house. Your dog peed in the house, right. And that's another thing, right? We're talking about maybe crate training this dog instead because we want to get new furniture. We want to get a little Frenchie. But that will be a lot of responsibility on him, yeah. added responsibility. You know? But those are the types of responsibilities that I really enjoy. I actually like that because I am a caretaker. You are. I am. And I like the nurturing and the loving and I like caring he for. Does. And I just, I enjoy that. So uh, my dog was like my Stanley. He's a beagle and he was just, man, he was glued to my side. Like we had an amazing relationship. So, and I miss that. I really do. I miss that. So, you know, I have an opportunity now to have another pet, which I said I'd never get, but I think that's typical, right? After your, your dog passes away. I was actually shocked, but it was during COVID. I said COVID. during COVID, yeah. I you, said, it, I, I texted her and said, I'm about 1% sure. Oh, she took that ball and ran with it. Started looking up dogs. Started I'm like, this is the dogs we're going to get. Yep. She started <laughs> Yes. This is the kind. This is the kind. This is the name. <laughs> no. I'm like, I wanted to. Oh, I knew she was going to get froggy about that one. No. I said, all I ask is that it can be an S name because Stanley had an S name. No, all I ask is that we get a girl yeah. and the name starts with an S. I'm like, that's pigeonholing me. What? All dogs are female or male, so that's not that difficult. You can get any I kind of dog. I should be able to find want. whichever temperament dog I want. We go look at a litter, whichever one has the want, best temperament. No, because she doesn't have to. Okay, we went completely off the rails on this. Okay, <laughs> we haven't but even like, started the podcast. Sorry. No, we haven't. Sorry, you get to be part of this conversation. Uh, part of the problem with having a male dog is he likes to like mark his territory everywhere, and she doesn't have to clean that up. I do, and I don't want to have to deal with that again. That is annoying. Annoying. So. That's a main re reason. But we do have to get a girl dog fixed like right away or they get little blood spots everywhere. No, I think when you, when we, when we get the dog, it's all, already has its shots, it's spayed, everything. I'm pretty sure. It better for that much money. <laughs> Frenchies so. are expensive. They are. But yeah. they're super cute. Oh my gosh. And we're going to name her Stella. Yep. Stella. Yay, Stella. The potential so, dog. The potential dog. We're so gonna if you're on dog. here, tell us either if you are either on the replay or if you're watching it live, whichever you are. Yeah, because we still get alerts, even if it's replay. We yes. want to know. Yeah. What is your think? You think a little Frenchie, a little French bulldog name should be? Do you think Stella's a dumb name or a good name? Or do you have a name? I don't care if they think it's dumb or not. I'm going to write in the That's chat. That's going right to be now. the name. What should the dog's name? Oops name how me. stella got her groove back <laughs> hey i don't want stella getting any kind of grooves okay she's gonna be our dog we don't we want some no grand groove. dogs we don't want some grand dogs up in here we don't want no grand doggies <laughs> no grand doggies okay so let's get started yeah what should the oh i did mess up should so what should the dog's name be stella is what we have all right if you're on right now and you haven't had an opportunity yet to share please do us a favor hit the share button it does Help us out. But we want to dive in today. So we titled this show today, How to Change Your Spouse Now. All right. Sorry about that. We had another technical difficulty. We did this last week too. Don't know why. It's just all of a sudden there's nothing. So we're going to have to come up with a solution for that. So anyway. It's the software that we pay money for. We're going to send them a scathing letter. Scathing letter. Okay. So how to change your spouse, right? So season four, episode 25, that's what we're talking about. 
today. And so, you know, it's really funny that, you know, I read here before on the other one, so I'm going to read it again. It says, you need to look at yourself as a leader. And I think it's so important that we understand that each of us in our household understand that we each have a role to be a leader. That's including women and men. And I believe in the Christian community, a lot of women don't see themselves as leaders, and we are. And I know early on in our relationship between Christy and I is she was the spiritual strength of our home, which it shouldn't be that way, right? God wants the man to be the leader of the home in that way. And so, you know, Christy understood being a leader at her job, how to be a leader at home. And she knew how to tenderly love me in a way and lead me in a way that eventually got me to a position when I wanted to take lead and do that for our relationship. So as we're reading through these, understand that, you know, if there's things in our our household that need to change with our spouse, there is a proper way to do that. So we wanted to share four different steps, four different things that you can do to do that. That's eight. Four and four. Is eight. Like four. That's eight. Whatever. I have eight fingers, so. Okay, so number one. You need to go from being a critic to being an ally. So what does that mean? So what a lot of people, like earlier in the other one that we started, our actual real podcast that Josh is going to have to splice together now, what I was saying is that you, you, it can be looked at as a form of manipulation, which he jokingly was saying, like, I wasn't kidding, which I was kidding. Because what we need to think about is... You love your spouse. It's like what the Bible says about people. Like you have to approach them in a loving manner and actually care about their well-being and approach it to like take the the plank out of your own eye before you point out the speck in Mm -hmm. theirs. And it's no different with your spouse. Like when you are walking up to them and or you want to talk to them about something maybe that they've been doing that is bothering you or they have like an annoying habit that annoys you. First off, you have to understand that just because it annoys you doesn't mean it's annoying. It might be something that you need to work on. But if it's something that you're going to talk to your spouse about, you have to remember that you're on the same team as them and you love them. And you have to approach it with curiosity and ask them questions about it. Like, hey, when we're in the middle of a conversation with friends, you know, if we're, we're if we have a group of people over and we're talking have you noticed that you constantly are interrupting me around other people? And then your spouse may be like, oh my gosh, no, I didn't notice that I do that. And then I could say, instead of me coming to him and saying, every time we're around people and I'm trying to get a point across, you you manipulate the whole conversation. You just talk, talk, talk. You interrupt me. And it's very dismissive to me. And I just don't appreciate it. It's stupid. And it makes you seem unintelligent or that you don't love me. And then he's going to be like, I didn't even know that I did that, you know, or defensive about or it. Or I'll be defensive about it and be like, I don't do that. You do that or whatever. Yeah, because yeah. we actually do it to each other. That's why I know that this is a safe thing that I can bring up to talk about because he probably feels I interrupt him a lot when we're in a group of people and I feel like he interrupts me a lot. So we do it to each other and I've become conscious of that and tried to get better at it, which I'm sure he has too. So I knew it was a safe topic that I could bring up. Instead, I could have approached him and said, do you realize? And then he'll be like, oh my gosh, no, I didn't. I would really like it if you'd pay attention to that more because it makes me feel like you're dismissing me or that I'm not, don't have something important or, you know, to contribute to the conversation or something of intelligence that is worthy enough to be heard in the conversation. And maybe he would be like, 
I do interrupt you all the time and I'm really sorry, but you never stop talking. You know, you talk all the time and you don't ever stop. And I feel like I have something that I want to say too. And then me in a loving way would be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I yeah. just, I have the gift of gab, you know, and that's, that is, yeah. instead of being a critic, being an ally with that. Yeah, no, I agree. Cause I think, but, so this is a, such a great example, right? And I'm glad that you brought this yeah, up because, because we do, we're both heavy talkers, right? And it's easy for us to soapbox things super easy when we're thinking about something, wanting to get across the point. Christy loves telling really long stories. And so it takes her a long time to get to the point. So sometimes that just goes, right? And we're used to that with each other. But, you know, every once in a while, it's like, hey, man, let me in a little bit here, you know? And so she's right. We just naturally probably interrupt each other. Not to be mean, right? It's never the intention. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that it doesn't sometimes feel rude and mean to us. Like you're being dismissive of whatever conversation I'm trying to say, you know? Mm -hmm. Because... I talk a lot too, and sometimes I'm like, I didn't really talk that much. And she's like, yeah, yeah, you did. Sometimes I'm sitting here thinking like, man, this man just loves to talk. He likes to let everybody know how he has all of the world's problems solved. Whoa. Like, you just need to ask him. <laughs> I feel the same way sometimes. But when he has the gift of gab and he likes to tell really long advice, stories yes I'm sitting there like okay yeah you're bring, it, beating, bring it around you're beating a dead horse yeah yes <laughs> like, yeah and that we had that so conversation. i interrupt we had that conversation to help before. you yeah yeah tell me <laughs> right do you understand how important this is though to be an ally and not it's so easy to be critical of other people it's so yeah. easy right we're we don't see our own selves and i think the plank in the eye is a fine example of that biblically you know it's easy for us to see what's wrong with our partner especially since this is our closest relationship Mm-hmm. you know, here on earth. Mm-hmm. And so it's really easy to pick out the flaws and things of your spouse. And instead it's like, our goal really is to, it's to maybe have something change in a positive sense that benefits us both. And the worst thing we can do is dive right in and start attacking them and saying, you're rude and inconsiderate. You don't think of me. You always think of yourself, you know, like, okay, you think that's going to, this person's going to get right up and be like, I'm so sorry. Let's get this fixed for you. You know, we are best friends. Yeah. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. So you got to go from being a critic to being an ally and understanding that you guys are on the same team. It's teamwork makes the dream work. Number two, number two, how to change your spouse is you need to identify a common outcome. And that's what I like is that it's focused on the solution. So if you're going to your spouse inquisitively and just wanting to be like, hey, you're on the same team as me and this is my feelings or hurt or, you know, I just want to talk this out because I want to come up with a solution. Like, what can we do to fix together as on the same team? And Josh and I, I think the example of me bringing up of us interrupting each other is still a good example too because Josh and I, a long time ago, had come up with a solution because whenever we left someone's house or we had someone over, every single time people would leave and him and I would look at each other and I would be like, we talked, we talked the entire time. We didn't let anybody have it. And he would be feeling the same way as me. He'll be talk, 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 talking. And in his head, he's like, I don't know why I just don't shut up. And then, and then he takes a breath and then I just talk, talk, talk. And then I'm like, I don't know why I'm just not shutting up. And then, I, and then we feel that way. Yeah. So we had come up with as a solution when we realized this a long time ago that we would tap each other or like put our hand put on our one hand. another under the table or something. Yeah. So it wasn't that obvious. Works. And it did work. And now we've gotten away from that. And now we're just like going rogue again. 
when like Luke and Jordan were over last night to celebrate Luke's birthday, his daughter, my stepdaughter, yeah. you know, and it's our son-in-law. And uh, I noticed that we were doing that. He's talk, talk, talk. And I finally, I'm just like, I want him to quit talking now. So I'm just interrupting him <laughs> and I'm talking. And then he would be like, oh, she interrupted me. And he'd wait a couple seconds to be polite. And then he'd interrupt me, you know, and that's just what we were doing. Instead of going back to what we had talked about, yeah. you know, because we're best friends and we both really like to talk and we're both very smart people. Very. We have a lot very, to talk. We're very, you should ask us to just talk to you. We have so much to offer. So much wisdom. So much good advice. Uh, like hot air. <laughs> no. It is like hot air, for sure. It's embarrassing, actually. It is embarrassing. It's embarrassing, actually. And that's what we realize after the people leave. And the whole point is to learn from it. Yeah. And so then to come up with a solution. So if there's yeah. something going like on like that in your relationship... Yeah. You guys mutually come up with a solution that you're both comfortable with. And you do need to remember that compromise is part of a relationship. So maybe if you guys could, I could use the Christmas tree as an example. You know, he likes tinsel. I hate tinsel. You know, so it's like we're never having tinsel, right. you know, which is not a good solution. So him and I came up with every other year. Yep. One year is tinsel year. One year is not tinsel year. And so it's just things like that. We'll make a funny one. We'll make a serious one, you know, yep. about the solutions that we came up with. And we always feel like we're both coming out winners in our relationship. Never one person is better than the other. No. And you could easily say, well, Christmas is my thing and I should be able to have the tree the way I want it. Oh, I could. I understand that. <laughs> but I'm saying... You know, when we talk about trying to come to a solution, that's not a solution. No. That actually leans back into the first one to be more critical than it is. And it's about trying to get your own way instead of saying, hey, this is a marriage of compromise. And I, we were talking about this before we even got on the show today. You know, compromise is a healthy thing in a marriage. It doesn't mean you have to compromise who you are. And I think people automatically jump to that when they think about compromise in their relationship. Is they think, well, I'm not going to compromise who I am. Nobody's asking you to do that. No. Compromise is part of it. I want to be better for my wife. I want to be a husband that uh, she desires and wants, you know, and I don't have to change who I am to do that. You know, I don't. I want him to enjoy Christmas just as much as me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, even if it is a tree that she doesn't like the way that it looks. I mean, she's willing to do that, though. And that is a joint solution, though. It is. And so it is important that you identify a common outcome and a goal and a solution and for you both to aim for that. And the idea in that is you both win. Mm -hmm. And that's the idea. So that's how something could change within your and relationship. The, and the way winning means that neither one of you have, like, a root of insecurity or anger or feeling of unfairness in the relationship that starts to take root and then those things just start to grow yep. and then you'll start noticing every little thing that's making you angry it's like fractures and little compromises of integrity in your relationship it can grow to much bigger things so it's important i concur with that all right number three number three third way to change your spouse is you need to find hidden opportunities you need to find hidden opportunities so when you find an opportunity, we just said this earlier, what is the benefit of finding the opportunity of that? We both feel respected 
in the relationship. We both feel like we have a voice in the solution. We both are coming mm -hmm. together, no matter who initially brings it up. If you're bringing it up in the form of an ally and not a critic, because you're both one now, after you've gotten married, you know, God is saying that you're one. So when you are both bringing it up together, it's like, we have to solve this together mm. and come up with a solution that we both agree upon. We both feel respected. We both feel like we have a voice and you actually leave stronger. You go out into more situations feeling stronger, not uncomfortable. Like going into conversations with other people now or going over someone's house or having someone over our house, I don't have to sit and feel like when I'm talking, am I talking too much? Is he like super annoyed right now with me? Is he wishing I'd just shut up? You know, like we could have a, a, a phrase instead of a touch, you know, it could be like mistletoe, you know, or something like that. Oh, that's Christmassy. So that'd be fun. But it's, it makes both people feel safe in whatever the problem or hurdle was in your relationship that you guys needed to to work through. Mm -hmm. It's just little walls that you guys come up to in your relationship. And then you both decide at that wall, are we going to crawl over this wall? Are we going to take a rope and go over this wall? Are we going to knock this wall down? Are we going to dig under this wall? It's just deciding together what the solution is going to be. And then you both are doing it together as a team. Yeah. And I think it's a big mistake for us to think that, you know, just our partner needs to change in some way yeah. and that that's not going to benefit. And there's no value that can be had uh, by our spouse or by us, right? So it's easy to look at our spouse and say, you're the one that needs to change. This needs to change. This is hurting us. There is nothing that's wrong. You can look at a hidden uh, opportunity within yeah. this change that can benefit the entire marriage. Like Christy said, maybe it's a more of an opportunity for you to communicate about something. Maybe yeah. it is to be able to sit back and laugh about something, you know, that you guys can literally sit back and, and, and you know, childlike giggle about something, right? Like we do about this whole talking thing you know with people like it's embarrassing like we have we have went to people we're like beating this dead horse but we have went to people after they've left to our subject. house and we're like we're really sorry yeah like we're so sorry that we just talked and talked and people are like well, we don't care now we don't know if they're being truthful maybe they're just being nice but right. we feel really bad we about care. it but we can sit and laugh about it and giggle about it right it's something that it's an opportunity for us to really bond on and so just because there's a maybe kind of a, a an ugly thing within your relationship that needs to change doesn't mean that there's not hidden opportunities for real growth within your marriage and your relationship. I mean, one of our toughest things, I think, as a couple growing, especially as a blended family, has been our children, right? That's always been the thing that if we've struggled about anything in our relationship, it's one of the main things we've struggled with because it's hard. It's her kids, my kids, you know, and there's always this stuff. And so we've really been able to kind of bond over that, though, and get to a good understanding with each other over the years and really find extra opportunities to grow together closer because of that stuff. Yeah. And finding hidden opportunities in it too, it's a good point, especially when you're in a healthy relationship. Josh and I, we've talked about this before, our relationship is extremely healthy because we're extremely healthy individuals. So we both, you know, have worked through a recovery program. We worked through the 12 steps. We really uh, want to, as much as pos humanly possible, follow God. That doesn't mean we have all of our crap together individually. We don't. It doesn't mean that we don't have things to work on. We don't. I mean, we do. So finding a hidden opportunity is, is there more of a root problem to the situation? And that takes individual healthiness. It can't, you can't be the spouse. I can't go up to Josh and say, hey, I... 
I really feel like you interrupt me all the time and you're really dismissive to me. He can't look at me and be like, well, you do know that you're super insecure and you're probably um, thinking that I'm actually interrupting you, but you never quit talking and other people are probably looking at you like you just are just a chatty Kathy. So I'm trying to help you out. You know, I, he couldn't talk to me about all that stuff. Instead, he he would want to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize I was making you feel that way. But then it could give me the opportunity to be like, why do I, is he actually dismissing me? Is my husband actually going to be doing that? Or am I maybe just lacking sleep that day? Or maybe it's a deeper problem of maybe I really am insecure. Maybe my whole life I never really felt like I was heard. And now if he even interrupts me one time, my thoughts spiral out of control in my head. Like, oh my gosh, he doesn't think I'm important. And he thinks because he's a man, he's more important than me. And all those stuff, those thoughts could go ahead. I have to look at that as individual root problem. And you guys can tackle those things in a marriage together as a team. Mm -hmm. You should. You, you both know each other's insecurities. You both know what you have to work on. And we are not against one another. I don't want to make him feel bad about the things he needs to work on. Just like I want him to feel good about who he is. Mm -hmm. I want him to feel confident about who he is. I want him to feel confident in who God made him to be. And we're all imperfect and we all have things to work on, but we got to edify each other and we mm. need to encourage one another and lift each other up and help one each other, each other work through our imperfections. Yeah. And that's how two is better than one, right? Yeah, so. I agree. I agree. That's find hidden opportunities. That's one of the ways to help change your spouse, right? Yeah. In a good, in a healthy way. So number four, the last thing is you need to create a level 10 plan. What does that mean? A level 10 plan. I like this. Okay. I like this analogy. I've never heard it before. It's because you're I... a boss. <laughs> That's why you like it. She loves this. Wait till you hear it. Okay. She does love this. I do. And I always love things when I they're told to me and I've never heard them before. I'm like, ooh, man, I'm saving that one. So a level 10 plan is when you look at the other person, you're like, okay, one out of 10, how do you feel like we can accomplish this plan or you can accomplish this plan? And if they don't say 10 out of 10, like they're confident, you got to scratch and start all over. It's not the right plan. It's not the right plan. So if you guys can't look at one another and say, okay, at the end of the conversation, you may be a spouse in your relationship that's a super bully. It's called a bulldozer, okay? And your other person, your other spouse in your relationship may be a person that's just like a flimsy piece a of paper and they just let you bulldoze right over them. Yeah. So then at the end of the conversation, you've bulldozed this whole conversation and they're, they've just gotten used to it and they're not going to say anything to you about it. It's like, yep, yes, dear, whatever. And then you're like, okay, seriously though, 10 out of, like, what do you feel one out of 10 that we're going to be able to accomplish this plan? And they're like, an eight. Okay. You need to listen more, probably. Yeah. You need to reassess that. and figure out why yeah. it ain't. So that, yeah, that's something. Him and I are pretty, like, we're mutually, I think, confident in decision-making. So we usually come up with a solution that we both are finally, whatever it is, with whatever it is for our relationship, and we're both finally like, yeah, we can do that. Because yeah. we, we duke things out until we're both satisfied to we're good mm -hmm. we so do. then if we were like at the very end saying hey how do we feel about this we both are like 10 out of 10 yeah 
after that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, when we don't typically get in heavy arguments, but if we do, it's usually once not a year. Not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. You know, we had enough in the beginning. But we, you know, because a lot of in the beginning was about asserting authority and doing all these weird crap that was unnecessary. Peacocking. We, a lot of peacocking. And so that was really unnecessary on both of our behalves, and it was yeah. unnecessary. But now we don't really get in super heavy conversations, and when we do, we're like, we're sticking it through. Like, we're coming to, we know there's a solution that needs to be had, and we just grind it out until we get to it, and then we know. And then we're like, we good? Like, we're good. Like, yeah. we're not going to stop until we're good. And I think that's what the whole point of a level 10 plan is is, you know, there's something going on in your relationship that needs to change, whether it's on you or on your spouse, however mm -hmm. it's been approached. And it's like, okay, we've come up with a solution now. We've done all these other things. We've done all these other steps to make sure that we can do this. How confident are you that it's going to work? And if your spouse is like, eh, like a seven, your spouse is not on board. No. You have to understand that. Like, they're not on board. That's saying, yeah, it's what you want. And that's never good. That's not healthy. Like, okay, we need to get this to a 10. Like, what's going to help get this to a 10? You know, what do we need to reassess? What is it that's not, like Christy said, maybe you're not listening. Maybe you don't hear it. Like, what's going on with that? And do you want your spouse to be comfortable with it? I mean, that's a question that you need to ask yourself, right? So yeah. it's like, if you're just like, oh, good, seven's good. Like, they're just bowing to your authority yeah. and you're fine with that. Do you want your marriage to work or you not want your marriage to work? Like it's no. you, you guys need to do these things together and that is only going to benefit you. Like the marriage wins, you win. And I hate using that term because there is no winning really. Like you guys should. The win is when you both win. Yeah. It really is. And I just, I don't like using the term like win or lose because you're on the same team. So if you're on the same team, there is no winning or losing. There's, like, you both have to lose together or win together. Yeah. That's just it. I think that's where, like, a big part of the compromise really helps, though. Like, you know, if if I compromise on something, Christy then wants to feel like she needs to compromise on something else to equal it out. Yeah. And that's a desire, like, a heart desire on her behalf that says, no, I really want this marriage to work. And I know that Josh is giving giving into this to compromise heavy to to give me something that I want, and I don't mean that in a negative sense. I mean that in a, I love her, and I yeah. you know she really this matters to her a lot, and I I want things that matter to her that much. I want her to have those things as long as it's not unhealthy for us, right? But at the same time, in return, she automatically feels like, okay, the next time something comes up yeah. and there's an opportunity for something that Josh really loves and mm -hmm. Josh really wants, I then want to go to, to level 10 on this this decision on this. Like, we're good. I'm good. Like, I'm going to make sure that this plan works. And and that is something that takes time. It does take some some evolution inside your relationship, and it's a building of trust. But once you I get on that, fact, it makes a difference. You would do it for me. Yes. That's why. And I think it Because all... I've proven it because I have. Right. And yeah. I think it all starts with the men. I really do. Because if we want to go biblical and all of this stuff, the way that, you know, God has designed us to work is men are the leaders of the home. And we, women are designed to follow, not men, women are designed to follow their husband. And once you guys come together and the husband cares for the woman the way that he's supposed to care for the woman and makes her feel safe and all of these things, because we don't need them. Women don't need them. You know, like we can run the house, clean the house, work, take care of the kids, do the grocery shopping, pay the bills. We can yeah. do all of that just fine without them. And they could too. But I just think it's God has designed the marriage to just be so 
cohesive. It's almost ridiculous. Like the more biblical you get and the more you try to align with what God has designed for your marriage, just how awesome it just works and how much you balance each other out. And once the man makes the woman feel all safe and protected and she can trust him, all these things, it just really starts. Yeah, it really does start to help that way. I think the important thing is we need to remember that it's not about our spouse, it's about God. Right. And so, you know, it is about the man to step up and make the wife feel trusted and all comfortable and stuff like this. But God calls the woman to 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 be led by the husband. So right. you still have to do your part. Like yeah. together, you still have to do your part individually and together. And we can't lean on like, my husband's not doing it, yeah, so I'm true, not yeah. doing it. And the wife can't be like, you know, the opposite or the man can't be like, well, my wife's not doing her duty, so I'm not doing mine. We can't lay on that stuff. Right. You know, we have to be trusting in what God's called us to be and do. And, and lean into that. But the point is, is compromise is compromise and husbands need to step up. And Christy can say that because she's seen it happen over and over and over. We see it in the American church today where women really are the leaders and it's really not the men. The men don't really take. The men want to go out and work is what they want to do. They want to go out and beat their chest and make money and feel good about their accomplishments in the secular world. But when it comes home to leading their family appropriately, I don't want any part of that stuff. Yeah, but then let's talk about women. Seriously, <clears throat> like women want to go out and be like, uh, no man's going to tell me what to do. I can do everything that the man can do. And then they want to criticize that the man, they want to demasculate the men. And then when the man comes home, they don't allow him to lead the family. Yeah. They let him know that they are perfectly happy handling everything themselves. And then when the man doesn't step step up to do it, they want to then go and complain to their friends about it, or they want to get on social media and be like, I have to do everything. My man never steps up. Well, have you thought about stepping down Mm -hmm. and letting him be in the role that he's supposed to be in? Like it's, it's, it's all about God and it's all about you being what God has designed you to be. Mm-hmm. And God wouldn't want you to have a haughty mm-hmm. attitude and think that I can do all this and I'm this and I can handle this. God wouldn't want that. God, Jesus on earth didn't need anybody. And he brought 12 disciples around him to be his partners. And it's like, God didn't need to put Jesus in Mary's belly. He didn't need to do that. He could have just poofed and had a little person run around the earth. And he didn't. He gave Jesus to Mary, gave Joseph to Mary, and they raised him together as a couple, It together. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like Mary's like, oh, this isn't even your kid. God gave me this kid. Jesus is my property, not your property. You can have a say when I can have, when I say you can have a say. Like, give me a break. <laughs> Sorry. I know it's true. And I think we have to understand that the whole point of, you know, we want our spouses to change or something that's going on, there's a proper way to do it. It's really about love and, and, and understanding that you have power to lead your family at that time in an appropriate way. Leading your spouse, whether you're a, a wife or a husband, there's a proper way to do that. And it's through impact and influence from what God's giving us. You know, I want to make sure that I'm influencing my wife to make changes in her own life, including mine. You know, I'm not saying just for her, but I hope that but my by my example as a man in the home, that she wants to be a better person. You know, that, you know, with the way that God is working in me, it, it encourages her to want to make changes and vice versa. She yeah. wants the same. Like, we are maybe a little rarity when it comes to it because we're very competitive. So we can even get competitive on that nature. Like, you're a good person? Well, I'm going to be a better person. 
Like we get a little bit of that going on with ourselves because it's just how we're built. And it actually benefits us. It actually makes me mad when he apologizes first. <laughs> you know, I'm all mad and I'm like pouting. But it's a and good thing. And then he'll apologize and I'm like, ooh. It's a, but it's a good thing, right? And we want to make sure that we're impact and influence our partner. And that's truly where the change comes from is from that. Yeah. I want, to, I want to be a better spouse than he is in a good way. And she is. Yeah. She is. Yeah. Oh, he's so sweet. He let me win that one. Yeah, she is. She is, and I want her to know and feel that she is and that she's doing a good job, you know? And I don't ever want her to make her feel like she's not doing a good enough job. I we don't. have enough pressure. <laughs> I don't. I believe he, that. He does a lot more than me. Whatever. But I. But, but my point is, is, you know, there's enough critics in this world, right? We get up in the morning and we have to take a shower and we look in the mirror. We're already critics of ourselves. You know, we go to work and we feel like we made a mistake. We already feel like we're the dumbest person. You know, we're yeah. going to lose our job. We already get criticized enough, right? We go to church and we feel like we're not as a good of a Christian as the person to the left or to the right of us. You know, we have all these things already going on. The last thing I want to do is impress upon my wife, yeah. that's my true partner, that she's not enough. She is enough. And when I can encourage her to, to how awesome that she is, it only makes her want to be more awesome. And so, you know, that's really the whole point and purpose of this. You know, how do you change your spouse? You do it through love. You really do. And that's how we get our spouses to change. That's how we change. And ultimately, that's what God did for us. Yeah, and praying together and mm -hmm. really asking God to change our heart about situations and each other about certain things. And it's really about softening the heart. When you are going, that's the whole premise of this whole thing. Like, if you and your spouse are dealing with something right now, this is really to pray about it and change you guys' perspective on it. So to understand that you are each other's teammate and to approach it with, what what are we missing out on because we have this problem here that we need to solve together? Mm -hmm. Like, we're on the same team. How can we solve this together to where it's going to benefit not me, but us as a whole, mm. and ultimately for God and be a good relationship bearer for God and yeah. to impact other people for God. And it does start with you individually, but your marriage, people are watching, especially when yeah. we've already been divorced and remarried now. There's a lot of people, I mean, maybe not as much now, but when him and I first got together, there's a lot of people after you've been divorced that are rooting for this new thing to fail. You know, and you guys have to understand what is it right now that is causing a stumbling block in our relationship? And how can I come to my spouse and talk to them about it as not as a critic, but as, hey, this is a problem. You it Usually you guys can both agree on the problem. So once you can agree on the problem and you guys both understand you're on the same team, you guys should be able to start talking about a solution, not pointing fingers on, well, that's you and that's you. That's not solving anything. Well, it's not solution driven at that point. No. It's problem focused. Yes. So you have to start talking about things like how can we come to a solution on this? It's It kind of blows my mind. So we were kind of talking about this earlier today too. <clears throat> it blows my mind that... Women have to go to their friends or online and complain about their husbands don't pick up after themselves. First off, why why wouldn't you pick up after yourself? Like that's hard for me to understand that number one, right? I don't I don't get it, but there is a solution to it. It's called over communicating, not complaining, right? Like 
women don't want to be nags, right? We already, women already feel like nags because men are just built differently. You see, men feel like they're justified in certain things because they went and they did something else to be justified in that. Example, I mentioned it earlier. They'll go to work. I worked 60 hours this week. I should be able to come home and lay my clothes wherever I want. Well, that's a really poor attitude and that's wrong, right? So how do we have those conversations? Well, we have them lovingly. We have them lovingly and we sit down and we, we share the way that we feel about something with our spouses. And, and we have to understand like that's the only way to get to the solution. Not to sit and talk about the problem all the time about like, you always need to pick up your crap. I always pick up your stuff. Why can't you pick up your stuff? Look, I agree. I don't get it either. But all I know is the more that you poke at it and the more that you criticize the problem, the less does it going to get done. And so we have to really get to the point in our marriages where we're really willing to sit down with a warm, loving heart and saying, hey, this is important. Like, I really want to have a heartfelt conversation about this. Let's talk about it. This is why this matters to me. This is why this is important to me that this needs to be changed and, and go from there. And I just feel like couples don't do that. No, and it, we could do a whole other podcast on that because we, we've, we've talked about it before. Like the husband could look at the wife and say, it's just not important to me that the socks are in the hamper. The sock, you can pick them up off the floor to take them to the laundry room just as easy as you can pick up the hamper. And it's no different than someone leaving the toothpaste lid off. Like, it's mm. just not important to me. It may be important to you, but it's not important to me. No. And that is in a relationship like, hey, I don't want my spouse walking around irritated in their own house. Like, how much effort does it take me to put the toothpaste lid back on? Or how much effort does it take instead of me plopping my socks over here to plop my socks over here mm -hmm. and cause us to be a stronger, healthier, more joint team for God. And we are talking about Christian couples here. I do think Christian couples, there should be with God an easier way to come to a platform. When you go into people that, you know, don't believe in God and the man just is like, I don't really care. I don't really want this relationship to work. I don't care if this relationship works. We're talking to people that are healthy, that actually want their marriage to work. They know that God can fix the relationship because I know men and women can both be immature. It can really start a petty thing right in the house. The, the house becomes the battlefield. Yeah. And it's like, oh, he still put his socks on the floor? Okay, I'm going to... Um, they're staying there, though. They're staying there, and I'm not going to pick them up. And any of his laundry, I'm no longer doing. Yep. Yeah. And he can do his own laundry, and you know? I've had that happen in my own personal family before. And then he's like, oh, she's not going to do my laundry anymore. I'm the one that works. My money. I'm going to do my money. You know, and it just, nothing good comes from that. Yeah, nothing. I've seen that happen. Everybody loses. And it's like, I want him to be happy. I want him to to want to be with me. I want him to want to make an impact in the world together. Mm. Not, oh, how many things can I do to annoy Josh? There's certain things that he is very particular about. Very particular. And what do I do? I ensure those things are done. I ensure that if I have a hand in those things, that I get those things done for him. Because, and I'm very particular about things. And what do I do? He, What does he do when I talk to him about those? He does them. He does them for me. So yeah. it's, it's good. Well, it's a, it's a humbleness between us, though. Yeah. You know, we, we remain humble to each other and make that important because I think 90% of the time in a marriage, what people end up doing is they feel like, 
I'm getting the short end of the stick and I'm sick of being getting the short end of the stick. Yeah. And there's no solution in that. And you yeah. think your you think your spouse is going to change and, and and we get to a point I'm sure in a marriage you get to a point where you're like they're never going to change. Yeah. You know, and that is a lack of faith and trust and belief in what God can do. It really is, you know, and it does get tiring. But you want to know why it's tiring? And this is the honest to goodness truth. It's because we get on the hamster wheel of insanity and we just continue to do the same thing over and over and over. And we're just expecting one day that our spouse is going to wake up and everything's going to be different. And it just doesn't work that way. You know, if a person says, you know what, I'm going to go through this marriage and I'm going to come at it completely different than I ever have with a loving high level of communication and really care and really pour into my spouse. I, I'm guarantee. I 100% guarantee you, your marriage will transform. That's how change happens. You know, we can't change what somebody else's does without changing who we are, and we have to be willing to put that change into effect. Yeah. And this will never work if this doesn't work first. And that's the truth, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been blessed in our own marriage because we did both go through a recovery program where we were severely broken. I mean, that's a major part of who we are. And we're so blessed by that because we understood what it meant to become individually healthy. How important it is to really become individually healthy. And how to take personal responsibility. Yes. And that you can't change other people. And to not offer unsolicited advice and to not and to accept things that the way they are. Change the things you can change and don't try to change the things you can't. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, it's so beneficial. Everyone should do a 12-step program. Everybody should. Because everyone is broken yeah. with sin. Everybody has a hurt, a habit, or a hang-up in their life. And it's true, but my point being is that if you want your marriage to work, it's not always about the change that your spouse needs. It's about how you can influence and impact your spouse properly to make those things happen. Yeah. So as a way of review, I want to discuss the four things, right? The four steps. Number one, go from being a critic to being an ally. I like that word, critic. Don't criticize, right? Become an ally to your partner. Number two, identify a common outcome, right? Focus on solutions. Don't be a problem-centric person where you just focus only on the problem. Number three, find hidden opportunities. There is an opportunity. There's a lesson that God's teaching us in every issue that's happening. It's up to us whether we want to find the opportunity in that. Mm -hmm. So be an opportunity finder in the problems in your relationship. And my favorite. And number four, create a level 10 plan. Level 10 plan. What is a level 10 plan? If you weren't on here when we discussed it, it is creating a plan that you both are going to say that you're a level 10 in agreement of that you're going to be able to carry this out. And on make a scale this work. of 1 to 10. On a scale of 1 to 10, yes. It's a 10 out of 10. It's not a 9 out of 10. We're going to do this thing. Yeah. And we're going to win. Yeah. And we're going to win and we're going to do this together and we're going to find success in this because, uh, you know, God has, has given us this opportunity to be in this marriage and when I'm not screwing it up, I'm going to do everything in my power. Not today, Satan. Not today. And I'm not going to allow you to screw it up today, right? And then tomorrow <laughs> she's going to be like, I'm not going to allow you to screw it up today. And we have to do that. And we're in a partnership. Because not every day do we get along 100%. But the days that we do get along 100%, it feels like a 1,000%. Yeah. You know, we had an opportunity to go on a vacation recently, 11 oh. days. And... Every day was amazing. Every day. And not every couple can say that. We didn't go get drunk. We didn't go and do our own things when we were together. We were together 100% of the time, except for restroom time. <laughs> and then we were together. And we were able to enjoy it and really love each other. We really other are best friends. We are best friends. But that didn't happen on accident. Because in the beginning, we weren't best friends. Okay? We had to put in the time, the work, and we had to no. understand the value. We did. I was like, we were just like 
like a boy dog. We were like peeing on each other all the time. You were like fighting. And then all of a sudden one day it's like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Except we're not stepbrothers. <laughs> so, you have anything else you want to add before we shut it down today? No. I want to thank you so much for being here. We're sorry about the technical thing. I'm going to do my Josh best. needs to fix it. I'm going to do my best to figure it out. Thought it was fixed, so let's just go he there. He did. With that. Last week, the same thing happened. Yeah. Don't leave us, okay? <laughs> we will. We will get it figured out. We're this working is, on it. This is two weeks in a row. We may just do it this way for now on. Whether <gasps> <laughs> we, yeah, that will be more work for you. It would be way easier work for me. Well, yeah, because I have to edit Splice it. Splice it all in. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you so much for being here. We'll see you guys next Tuesday at seven. Bye.